This is The Hot Seat with your hosts, Charlie Locke and Michael Galliano from SDR Nation. Each episode, we sit down with the top sales development reps in the game to unpack why they're great. Without further ado, let's jump in. We are here with Gabby Furlow. Gabby is our guest today on The Hot Seat, and we're really excited to have you here. Awesome. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me today, guys. You bet, Gabby. Thanks for joining us. It's amazing to have another Canadian on the podcast from Halifax. And, you know, you work at uh, Proposify, right? Yeah, yeah. I work uh, with Proposify. I'm a BDR here. Um, So it's awesome to be speaking with other fellow Canadians. I'm super excited for this conversation. Awesome. Perhaps to to kick it off, um, could you share a, a bit about your journey into sales and, and how you um, landed in the, the BDR role at Proposify? For sure. Yeah. So um, I graduated university. I actually took marketing um, at Dow uh, University last year. So I finished in October 2019. And from there, I was working um, just like a retail sales job. And I actually started liking or realizing that I liked sales and I liked having targets. Um, I'm pretty competitive. So then I switched my focus from looking uh, for marketing roles, um, more so to sales roles. And uh, I had heard of Proposify before as well. I've used them um, with other companies that I've uh, interned with. So um, when I saw that opening, I was super excited to give it a try. I thought it looked like a really good uh, entry-level sales position to get into. And so you, you've been in the role um, just over a year now, right? A year and a bit? Yeah, so I started last year, uh, January 2020. Cool. Um, what are uh, what are some of the things that you've learned along the way in, in the BDR role there? I think one of the main things I've learned is that one size doesn't fit all. Um, so, you know, if you book a meeting using a certain tactic, you can't just copy and paste it to every single prospect in your list. Um, you really got to leverage trying of different ideas, um, different uh, types of platforms or like calling, social media, emailing. Um, and that's really how I found the most success. Um, and then the other thing I learned is that you've just got to keep going. Uh, with this role, you do get hit with a lot of no's. So I definitely learned that and uh, just learned that I need to you know, keep pushing through those no's because there's going to be a yes right around the corner. I love that. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I, I find you're right that there isn't a one size fits all approach to the job and the, you know, the BDRs or SDRs that find a lot of success tend to test a lot of different channels. I think the part that's a challenge though, for you to do that is to, you know, keep your activities up and keep your, you know, your metrics up to show that, you know, uh, you know, based on whatever environment you're in, I don't know how proposed by runs, but you're always kind of fighting that balance. How did, how did you manage to find that balance? Yeah, so great question. I think the thing that worked for me the best was just blocking my time and then sticking to those time blocks. Um, So that's the key part is actually sticking to the time blocks. So if I tell myself I'm going to be cold calling for an hour, an hour and a half, I make sure that I actually like stick to that whole hour and a half and do my cold calling. Um, I find it's easy, you know, if you get a no or maybe you get that meeting just to say, okay, I'm going to take a break now. Um, but then, you know, you, you aren't doing enough activities. So, um, yeah, I think just sticking to the time blocks is the best way to get through your activities. 
we were talking a bit before uh, we jumped into the episode about why I shared that a bunch of years ago, I guess eight years ago when I started cold calling, I was I was scared. I I, uh, I left the sales room. We had this room that all the sales uh, team um, was in with these big barn doors. I left to go into a meeting room to, to cold call uh, in private so that no one would hear me screw up. Um, and you know, you mentioned that that you started off um, very nervous as well. Um, how did you get over that? It's something that's extremely common. I've seen it across you know, hundreds of salespeople in, in the last number of years. Um, how, how did you get over that fear? Yeah, I think. I mean, I was definitely super nervous uh, to get started, and uh, unfortunately for me, I, I wasn't able to just lock myself in a room. So I had my sales team all listening in. This was when we were all in the office. Um, so it was mostly nervous about, you know, what will I sound like, um, that type of thing. So the thing that helped me the most is, um, again, just making sure I'm doing the amount of dials that I said I'd commit to. So if I say I'm going to do 80 dials in a day, I'm going to make sure I do those. And I just found the more at-bats you get, the more comfortable you'll get. So, you know, if you have a bad conversation, obviously it's going to feel uncomfortable and you're worried about it. But um, for me, I think the, the thing that worked for me the best was just um, staying persistent and, and just keep going. Um, even if you, you know, get into a call and maybe the prospect tells you that, you know, your opener was terrible or something. Well, then you learn something, I guess. And then you just take that advice and bring it to the next call. Or if someone was rude to you, just leave it behind and then keep going. Um, that's the main thing that helped me get over those anxious thoughts around cold calling is just to to leave or to keep going and pushing through. And when you when you actually get a prospect on the line, they answer. Are the, what are the the tactics that that you're using um, to to find success? I I know you shared with us before that cold calling is how you book most of your outbound meetings. So um, that's awesome, um, by the way. And, and, and what works for you once you actually get a prospect on the line? I think one key thing, and no one really talks about it, is to make sure that you're smiling when you answer the phone, because I find people can hear a smile almost. You don't want to sound like, you know, you're not excited to speak to them and that you've already made 80 dials and they're your 81st. And um, you, don't want, you just want to make them feel special. Like you really are excited to talk to them. So I usually try and bring that energy into my calls. I say, hey, so-and-so, it's Gabby here from Proposify. You know, how have you been today? Or just making sure that I keep that energy going. Um, and then once we start talking back and forth, uh, just making sure I, I stay curious um, is another key point. Um, and then one thing I do um, to make sure that, you know, I'm staying engaged in the conversation. I have this rule with myself where I'm not going to be the first one to hang up. So uh, by doing this, it makes me stay curious and keeps me like trying to get the conversation to continue uh, with the prospect. I love that. I love the, you know, the, the focus on curiosity. It's one of those things that um, certainly, you know, Michael and I have struggled with in sales leadership is one of those things that's really hard to train. Um, so we tend to hire for it as much as we can. Yeah. Um, but I'm curious, you know, myself, I'm curious mm -hmm. about your curiosity. When you say stay curious, like how do you think about 
being more curious or have you found ways to train yourself to be more curious or what have you done to, I guess, improve on that specific skill? I think the main thing that's helped me is that I don't take the first no. So let's say I ask for, you know, it gets to the point in the conversation where I feel comfortable asking for the meeting. And then the prospect says, no, it's not something I'm interested in. Then I feel like instead of hanging up, like, you know, most people might do say, okay, well, at least I tried. Um, My next go-to from there is to say, okay, let's find out more about them and their process to see if there's something that we can help with. Um, And it kind of goes with my, you know, don't be the first one to hang up rule. Uh, It just helps me, you know, make sure that I'm uh, keeping that conversation going and, you know, continuing to ask questions and really just wanting, continuing to be willing to learn about them um, and trying to make the conversation as much about the prospect as I can um, without, you know, um, without having to like talk too much about myself um, because people love to talk about themselves. So um, the more you can can ask about them, uh, the more engaged they'll be. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I found that in, in the past uh, and, and even with myself, you know, sometimes I end up skipping the cold calls and, and you know, if I'm using a, a sales engagement tool, um, like a sales loft and, and kind of go right to the emails or the social touches. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you embrace the cold calling. Um, how do you structure your cadences and, and how do you integrate cold calling throughout it? I'm, I'm curious how many calls you'd make to a, a prospect before um, kind of putting them into a nurture cadence. Yeah. So most of my cadences are about like 25 to 30 days. Um, and then I call them, I think, in day one. So I'll, first I'll send a connection request, then I send an email, and then I'll call them. Um, that way, when I'm calling, you know, if they've either if they've seen that connection request or seen that email, I might sound familiar to them. Um, whereas if you do the call first, they'll they'll really be caught off guard. Um, I would say I do a call every few days. Um, it's kind of different for cadence. Uh, because I like calling more, I'll, I have more calls in my cadences rather than emails. Um, personally, I'm just, I'm not a big emailer. Um, I like calls because you can get the answer faster. Um, so I probably call a prospect, let's see, in 30 days, probably about 12 times. Awesome. I think one of the things that underneath all of this, underneath the tactics and, you know, maybe your tone and the messaging and the cadences, you know, there's, there's this underlying challenge with mindset, you know, that we're all facing right now, especially now that we're all alone and we're, you know, calling out of our bedrooms and, you know, not in a, an aisle with a bunch of other SDRs where you can, you know, keep the energy high and maybe have competitions or, you know, make fun of each other and just keep the day light and, you know, keep that energy up. And I I wonder how you, think about mindset or, and, or how you put yourself in the right, right mindset on a day-to-day basis to make sure that you keep that energy up, you keep that motivation up to make those dials. For sure. Yeah, no. Um, with my team, uh, we really try and make an effort to motivate each other to get through uh, our calls. So we actually do a power hour every day where we'll jump on a Zoom call. In the beginning of the Zoom call, one of us will share you know, a motivational video or Maybe it's like a pep talk, something fun or funny um, to get everyone in the right headspace. And then we jump offline, get calling while we're having, uh, while we're on the calls, we'll have our Slack going and we start 
you know, chatting back and forth, like, oh, this person said this, or I just booked a meeting and we all just get super excited um, for that hour. And then after the hour, we jump back on the Zoom call for about five minutes and share, you know, maybe some of our wins um, or some of our, you know, if we had a conversation, if we needed like a help with something, uh, we'll talk about that. Um, so I think, you know, if you have a team, uh, you should really leverage that and, you know, get engaged that way. Um, but of course, I do still do my calls on my own as well. Um, so some things I like to do is, you know, I'll tell myself, okay, after this call block, um, you can go get a snack or something like motivating um, just to, you know, help me want to get through it. Um, so I think those things are, are super helpful uh, for me. And um, I know the rest of my team here promotes why I really likes doing the treasure hunts or that's what we call them, the power hour of, of, of calling um, the treasure hunts. Um, that's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's it's super fun and, and a great way to just like keep that team environment that is so important for the SDR role. It it absolutely is, and you know this firsthand with SDR Nation that we've got a couple hundred SDRs together in the community, and um, I'm you know I'm, I'm glad you have that team, and it's, it's interesting that a lot, quite a few of our members are the only SDRs uh, at their company, and so. Um, I think the community has been really interesting for them to try and um, fill some of that gap that a lot of SDRs have that, that do have team members even remotely. Um, because I, I find and, and I've you know I experienced this myself when you're the only SDR or you're the first SDR hired a company and it's just you, uh, it can be really challenging and, and really um, tough. And so I think that's where community can come in, where they may not be you know directly on your team, but they're probably cold calling. Um, their own prospects, and, and that can definitely fill fill the void. Um, wanted to ask you a bit about your LinkedIn strategy because I got to say, Gabby, you're one of the most consistent writers uh, on LinkedIn, and you've built a great um, personal following and, and brand on the platform. Every time I log into the platform uh, into LinkedIn, I see you right at the top. Um, which is, you know, it speaks to your uh, your consistency and your effort. Tell us a bit about that and, and why you do it and, and your strategy for it. Yeah, so I think um, I post a lot about uh, tips or maybe if I need advice, um, that's usually what I'm posting out on, on my LinkedIn for looking for advice from other SDRs or SDR managers. Um, so I think for me, I have this rule where I try and post at least three times a week. Um, and sometimes it's just posts sharing something from my company, something like that. But um, at least having this, you know, I need to post three times a week. It'll keep me consistent. Um, and I've actually connected with a lot of great SDRs, you know, from SDR Nation on LinkedIn um, and and from other uh, companies and stuff as well. Uh, from you know, just sharing a post and then having those conversations. Um, one thing I'm really liking right now is the video prospecting with LinkedIn. Um, and then voice notes on LinkedIn. Um, so that's been really fun as well. I think, you know, with LinkedIn, there's just so many avenues you can take and it's such a great platform. And a lot of the um, sales leaders that I'm reaching out to are on LinkedIn. So I want to make sure that they can see me and that I have a presence here and that I'm not just, you know, another um, fish in the pond, I guess. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see. I know a lot of folks have been trying. We've been hearing a lot of that chatter actually in the in the community about 
<clears throat> um, folks experimenting with the LinkedIn voice messages and LinkedIn video, you know, right inside the DMs there. And uh, it was interesting to see some of the, like the experimentation and the responses we're getting. Um, what have you been getting out of STR Nation that's helped you with your cold calling game or just your game in general? What's been sort of the most valuable piece for you? I've really liked um, like the social selling webinars. They've been um, super fun to attend. I feel like I'm always getting something from there, um, from STR Nation, like the Slack group. Uh, I check it about once or twice a day. Um, and there's always just a ton of great advice. And a lot of people share, you know, their best emails um, of the week or subject lines that worked for them. And, you know, that really inspires me to kind of up my game and, and maybe use what they're using. Um, so I think SDR Nation is, is a great group to, to leverage. Um, I've, been, I've been having a lot of success with it. I, um, I actually got some advice from one of the social selling um, webinars that I attended a few weeks ago. Um, someone sent a jib jab of um, a ghost uh, to one of their clients that had been ghosting them. So they took um, they took their prospect's uh, face and put it in like a ghost jib jab and sent it to them and said, hey, are you still here? Or something like that, which I thought was so funny. So then I had to copy it and send it to mine and booked a meeting right away. So um, there's a lot of good information um, and good advice in SDR Nation. Um, you've just got to take it and, and try it out. Um, there's there's tons there. That's hilarious. <laughs> I I missed that, and I'm definitely gonna uh, mention that the RSDR to, to try it out. I love uh, I love there's limitless uh, ways to get creative in in this role to prospect. Um, Gabby, I really appreciate your time and spending a few minutes with Charlie and and I to unpack um, your your secret sauce and and really what you focus on in the role to, to be successful uh, at Proposify and, and as a sales professional. So thanks for joining us on the hot seat today. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I really enjoyed being on. Um, it was super fun. I, I hope other SDRs listening uh, got some good uh, advice here. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks again. You rock, Gabby. Thanks so much. Thanks. See ya. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. And if you're interested in joining SDR Nation's membership and private community, head to SDRNation.com.